right straight down the middle. Then it started. Half of the Capital Golf Gang is assembled now on this momentous Wednesday in the game of golf. The rollback has been announced. Say hello to John Ronis and Buddy Christensen. Boys. Good afternoon. Happy rollback day. I cannot wait. I've got my calendar marked for Jan 1, 2028, is it? Yeah. Drives will fly a little less far, and the game we all love will be saved from the evils of flying at 235 (laughs) on a good drive. (laughs) You you said happy rollback day? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's the dumbest thing ever. I'm not going to get completely off the rails as far as we're going to try not to get off the rails as far as being uh, nuclear about it. But here's how I would summarize what the governing bodies have done. It's akin to a wife who is nagging her husband. They're living in a house and there's some kids having a rager party next door because the neighbor's parents are gone. And it's really loud. And the wife is like, are you going to do something? Listen to them over there. Go say something. And you as the husband try to say, what, what good is it going to do? Like, what, what is really going to happen? Like, and she's like, well, do something. So the governing bodies had to go over to the other house. Hey, uh, could you guys keep it down a little bit? Yeah, no, no problem. And they're going to turn it down for five minutes. And then they're just going right back to raging. And then the husband can say, well, I went over there and I told him something and nothing is really going to change. The whole thing about this rollback is they acknowledge that swing speeds, which has really driven most of this distance gain, are going to continue to go up. So governing bodies live to do one thing, that's govern. And when enough influential people can cry loud enough to go, what are you going to do about this? Look how long everyone's hitting it now. Well, now they're doing something. There, that's the end of my official stance. Ronis, you're going to have first crack at this, and then Buddy's going to weigh in on his end. What do you say? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing here? It's <laughs> it's nonsensical. It's, it's uh, as I would say, unacceptable. But <laughs> more than anything... It's unnecessary. So, you know, when we're dealing with the the game of golf, like are these governing bodies concerned about the game of golf, the enjoyment of the game of golf? Part of it is being able to hit the ball up in the air, carry it a certain distance. That's the excitement about the game of golf. The not so exciting part of the game of golf, which everyone should be working on, is getting the ball in the hole for the score. But the exciting thing, the people that gets people into the game, the thing that gets people into the game is hitting the ball right. with some distance. So now all of a sudden, it's cutting it back. Well, that's for the average person. For someone like me, who's been so excited about how equipment and the golf ball and everything has made the game more fun for me. And as I'm aging, I'm still able to keep some of the distance that I had when I was younger. Now, all of a sudden, to roll it back 10, 15, 20 yards, now yeah. what? Now I have to go up another tee, they say things like that. that. They say it won't be that much for you. By the way, happy birthday. Thank as you. you age and you get rekindled with your love of the game that you were so good at as a youngster in college at UConn, um, it's not going to be that much for you. Or so says the experts. But I'm I'm dubious of that, buddy. They say, oh, for the average amateur 
who is a single digit, he might lose five to six yards on his drive, it's, according to testing. Yes. A couple things. I mean, one thing, they say 2028, 20, and if I read it right, 2030 before everyday people have to really right. play 20- 2028 for the pros, 2030 for the rest of us schlubs. So I should remark my calendar, 2030. Unless you go, unless you go on tour by 2028. Um, I I'll think be, I'll be 60. We'll be 62, Ronas, in yeah. 2030. Yeah. I mean, I look at it from an administrative standpoint as well. And the, I mean, the counterfeit market is going to be fascinating. Like, I, I want to get involved in the counterfeit hold, market. I think I'm going to put some money in it. Hold that thought. I redirected Buddy off his point. Buddy, go ahead. The floor no, is. So I do think. I mean, a yes, it's five yards off the tee, but it's also some a few yards off your iron coming mm-hmm. in. Right now, I'm hitting mm-hmm. a longer iron already, and now I got to hit a little bit more of an iron. So it, it affects us more than that. And and I think five to six yards does and should scare us more than nine or eleven yards on tour. Right. I think well, it. it even though we may not equate it as, as that important, it is. But more than that, where's the advancement of where things are going to go between now and 2028? That's what's interesting, too, is maybe they're going to make up all that yardage somewhere else in, in other equipment um, because things are advancing. So I do understand it from that standpoint of, you know, where is this going with all these the technology that they can use to figure out how to better make the equipment and the golf ball is pretty amazing. So I get it from that standpoint. It's, it's the timing seems terrible in that golf's in such a good spot. Now all of a sudden we're going to, we're dealing with a couple really odd and, and I think bad news uh, situations um, with some of the live stuff. And, and now this rollback, it just doesn't sound right. The powers that be have failed to do the two most important things in this whole thing. One is identify the exact problem and why it is a major problem that needs addressing. Every argument that says, well, here's the problem, is the biggest straw man I've ever heard. Oh, all the expense of adding new tees to courses. Number one, it's Augusta that's had to buy some land and build a couple new tees. That's about it. It's not like anyone else is really doing that. Secondly, as you guys know, especially you, Mr. Ronas, as a uh, director of golf at a facility, everything costs money maintaining a golf course. Redoing a bunker lining costs more than building a new tee. Yeah. And you've got about 80 of those that you got to worry about on the golf course. So enough of this nonsense of, oh, it's, it's going to cost so much money to build some more tees. Nobody's building no tea, new tees, and there's other things that cost money. And as far as the classic courses, we want to be able to have the classic courses be relevant like they were back in the day, to which I go, oh, so you're going to have them play in tweed jackets with a feathery? Because that's where they were. It, like, it's the water today. The water. water. What is this carry players? The water. The water, water these courses. And by the way, if it's if it's if it's you don't water if now. it's eleven yards, we're rolling the ball back three percent. Three percent. Yeah. Poor average being three hundred yards, so, eleven yards, yeah, three and a half percent. I mean, what, what what's the purpose of that? If you're talking about these awesome venues being taken out of the mix because they're not long enough, well, they played the Open at Marion in Philly, and it was the lowest scoring Open in a long time. 
It was very short. Exactly. The reason he didn't want to go back there is because he had no place for the corporate tents. Right. Or to park. Because that's, right. that's how they determine major sites. Acreage for the corporate tents and the merch. Not the classicness of the course. So they're all straw man arguments. And then on the back end, I have asked some of my friends who are in favor of the rollback saying, so what does victory look like? This is a military question that's often asked. So what does victory look like? So you you roll the ball back. It worked, quote unquote, the way you wanted to. What does it look like? Tell me the benefits are going to flow in now that the top players in the game are carrying at three. That Ludwig Aberg now carries at three fifteen instead of three thirty. So on a four hundred and ninety yard par four, he now has instead of a hundred and. 40 in my math is never very good 160 in he's now got 175 so instead buddy of a eight iron in he's got a seven iron and probably not even a seven iron well and yeah probably probably not and and the other thing is he's probably got something else in there that can get another 10 yards out of that drive if he really needs it right right? yeah so we, and we don't. We're hitting it as hard and fa- as far as we possibly can. But I think if you if you took those the the tour, if you let I me mean, Marion, perfect example. Like you tighten that up to to small fairways, maybe slow the fairways down a little bit, and and then you make it tough around the greens. These guys that that scares them more than anything. Which they did. And it's a temporary, you know, you can always widen the fairways back out for the membership after a major event is held there. But, you know, my other question, when we take a look at, at all, you know what? I lost my train of thought. Keep, keep going, buddy. I'll I'll get, I'll get what I'm coming back to. So you you got places like Marion that held it. It was great. It was hard as Chinese trigonometry and they did it because it was tight. It was tricky. The rough was super high and they had a couple very, very hard holes, a 230 yard par three, uh, 18 is classically long and difficult and was long and difficult for Justin Rose, who ended up winning. Uh, Olympic club is not very long, but with its sloped fairways and teensy tiny greens, they still hold opens there and it's not a big deal. So really, I don't even see what victory looks like. Well, so far, the point that I, w- I thought about was when you see the leaderboard, how are the scores listed on the leaderboard? By score, not by, by under par. Yes. So what's wrong with making par 72s, par 70s, par 68s, for that matter? Great. So that at the end of the day, you still have the same amount under par or more or less under par. Right. Because the course theoretically to par got significantly longer, yet you didn't affect the 99% of the people who enjoy the game. So it, they're not listing that he shot 68. They shot five under right. or four under. So what's wrong with a par 68? Another great point. Another great point. The scoring average on tour over the years has barely budged because the distance gains have been mitigated by trickier, more lightning fast and rock hard greens. Yes. And so, it just, and then on top of it, the, the the other argument that is a straw man. Well, we want we want there to be skill involved. That we think the distance is taking skill out of the game. To which I say, so show me the long drive slappies who are on ESPN four at midnight out in Mesquite hitting at four ten. Which one of those guys has won an event lately? Because all the good players who hit it long 
are still going to be the good players when they hit it a little less long. There's not any circus freaks winning tournaments only because the ball goes too far. The not best to, players are still the best players. Not to mention, I would argue that when you hit it longer, the percentage that you can hit it off is decreased because that ball goes further offline. Oh, it's in the air forever. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one one time at the Potomac Cup at Rocky Gap in uh, uh, West, not West Virginia, but Maryland. There's a downhill par five, great driving hole in the front nine. Okay, and it's a super launch tee box, right? We had one guy who was on the Maryland team, team Dave Anselm, who did compete in long drive contests from time to time, and so he he would get up there on that tee box at that year's event and he would just let it go. And I remember standing there watching him once and he hit an absolute rocket and it looked great for a long, long time in the air, Mr. Ronis. But guess what? It just stayed in the air, stayed in the air, stayed in the air. And it just kept drifting. It just kept yawing ever so slightly. And it ended up off the fairway in an impossible lie. Sure. So that's another thing that's in the equation. But again, the bodies listened to enough people who were bitching about it and did something because they were told, go to the neighbor's house, tell them to turn that music down, drive the ball less far, and save save the day. So they've gone and done that. The tours didn't want it. The manufacturers didn't want it. They were hoping for bifurcation and the uh, local model rule ball. They didn't get that. So here we are. So what's going to happen, buddy? You as a guy, uh, founder of Golfdom Golf and Tyson's, uh, now in an advisory role, but been in the golf equipment retail business for a long time. What's going to happen on the retail side? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The uh, the closest thing I can think, I mean, we had the wedge rollback five, six, ten years ago, whatever that's been. Meaning going Fire- from V-grooves to, or square grooves to V-grooves? Yeah. So that was... To, to eliminate some spin there. And I don't know that it really affected tour players, but whatever, we kind of all forgotten about that. Well, if you're shaking your head, that didn't. The- yeah, not a spec. Okay. Not a spec. Yeah. And 0.83 COR was the other big one when Callaway came out with the 0.86 and actually TaylorMade had one. The minute that US, the USGA announced it, we had to pull all the TaylorMades off the, off the shelf. Callaway kind of fought it for a little bit. Eventually, they they backed down on it. All right, real quick for the non-golf nerds out there, COR is coefficient of restitution. It measures the springiness of the face of a golf club, of like a wood, a driver, or a three-wood. And the number refers to some calculation about if it's beyond this much springy, it's illegal. And they've put it into other sports. They put it into baseball and the baseball bats and things for safety purposes. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal and I'm, I'm fine with that. But, you know, again, it's, it's unnecessary for the average player to now, again, not chirping into buddy, but when do we stop buying the traditional ball? Well, do they, we know, do we, do we buy the, the new ball as it comes out and wait for it to happen? They, How do we manage this in a tournament situation? Oh, they, it's, oh it's a mess. Great questions. Yeah. They said yeah, I think we're going to play in a tournament. December 31st, 2029 with the old ball. And then January 1st, 2030, from what I understand with, with a new ball. And I don't think anyone's going to play the old ball until they have to play the new ball. But, but back to the, the COR, the reason I bring that up is 
the manufacturers stood behind the USGA relatively quickly on that one. I'm not so sure they will on the golf ball one. That's that's one that um, you mean currently. What's that? You you say currently some manufacturers may go rogue still. I don't no no right now they won't go rogue, but I don't know that they're going to come out like the next day. TaylorMade came out and said we fully support the USGA and their decision to roll back the COR issue and, and was fully supportive. This hits home a little bit differently and it hits, um, you know, Titleist obviously from a golf ball standpoint, but Callaway, TaylorMade, uh, Bridgestone, Srixon, they're all putting a lot of emphasis on golf ball sales and this, this affects them. So I don't know how they're going to react to it, which will ultimately uh, play in this somehow, some way, but you know, they, they, they said, believe it or not, the the I think believe it's Mike Wan said this. He said that apparently some thirty percent of golf balls now will still conform in 2028, 2030. I read something like that, and I also read the tour professional from twenty years ago would not conform. <laughs> right, the the, the title is tour professional, which used to be the standard ball would somehow not conform. Okay, so that's going to add, Ronus, even more mayhem. And you being a guy with boots on the ground at the courses as a golf professional, you see this kind of bickering all the time. In fact, I was in your office one day when there was a rules dispute that came rolling in. Yeah. And it seemed pretty tense. And I said to you, wow, that seems like a tense one. You go, ah. Just another day running an event. <laughs> Every day. And so Every day it's something to complain about. And so what am I going to do? Take a magnifying glass to a ball to see if it's conforming because it has the proper star on it or something like that. I mean, there's going to be so many counterfeit balls out there that there's no way that I'm going to be able to tell under certain conditions. It's again, maybe it's not. I Here's the argument. Oh, well, it's not going to be a big deal. So it, if it's not a big deal, then don't change it. Yeah, right. If it's not right, they can't have it both ways. It won't be a big deal. Rory, who I'm sorry, Ronis, I'm finally out on Rory. It kills. Not me. out on him, but I'm I'm leaning in the him. wrong direction because this is a stupid one to get behind for yeah. Rory. He should Rory should just back out of everything and just play golf. Yeah, he should be like dumb idea, but I don't control it. Good luck. Yeah, see you out in the middle of the fairway, three twenty from the tee. Right, <laughs> that's where I live. No, he said the average player on Twitter. He said this on Twitter. He goes, the average player won't miss five or ten yards. And I thought that's very Marie Antoinette of you. Let him eat cake. <laughs> yes. You're not going to miss the yardage. Oh, easy for you to say, Mister McElroy. Right. So, yeah, it's. I'm going to miss the yardage because again, right. a par five. If it's 15 yards off the tee for me, and then it's five yards off of an iron, or maybe eight yards off of a hybrid, I've just added 30 yards to a hole. And when you take a look at it, it doesn't seem crazy, but psychologically, when I step up to a par four and it's 399, oh, okay, reasonable. I can maybe birdie this hole. Four, when it's four, 417. Oh my God, I'll never get home. <laughs> right. Right. Well, they'll say, they'll say, Ronis, move up, old man. Happy birthday, 55 years old. Yeah, yeah. I think I get to it 55. Yeah, I mean, they, but, they'll say move up, and so that's the answer there. But there's no doubt the amateur has been punished with this move because the pros and the manufacturers didn't want to go with it. And the LPGA was stunned today, going, oh, we didn't think we were involved in this, but I guess we are. They're not going to be happy. Right. No one's going to be I, happy. 
Well, the well, facts that that like Jeff Shackelford, you know, the architect nerds out there are rejoicing. They're like the Taliban. Turn that music off. We're going backwards in time to when you couldn't drive it past 284 off the tee. When Dan Pohl led the tour in driving distance. And what fun is that? Huh? What, what fun is that? And the other thing is, you, you know, when I play a golf course, oftentimes, even though I'm not playing those tees, a new golf course, I'll go back to the back tees because sometimes it's one of the most beautiful parts of the golf course to see it from the back tees. Right. And so all of a sudden now the people who are playing those tees is greatly reduced. And it's a shame because those golf courses that were built in the new era have some gorgeous, gorgeous areas from way back. And now again, it's just, it becomes obsolete. Yeah. And in I the other promise- direction, we're going to have to build tees forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I can promise you, I've never had a customer come in here and say, how how these three golf balls compare and to be able to say, well, this one's certain distance, this one's only three yards shorter, and this one's only five, and they go, okay, I'll take the one that's only five yards shorter. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're right. going to take every yard they can get. I cannot wait for the arguments at club tournaments that erupt over this guy has an illegal ball. He may have a completely conforming ball, but it won't matter if the guy who loses to him in the singles match of a final, you know, uh, match of the club championship, if he blows it past him on just one hole, that golfer will lose his mind. He'll insist. I've told, I've, I've, I've insist told the story before on the air so, that I was at I was at Woodmont one year, and Bobby Clampett came into the golf shop and he said, "Do you have a club repair room?" Yeah. He went back there with a hacksaw and sawed a Titleist in half because he was guaranteeing that something was different about that. Now, is that what I'm going to do during the member guest? I'm sorry. I'll have to have that ball. Let me go back and saw it in half and see if it's conforming. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know how the manufacturers are going to have to, I mean, come up with new brands at that point. I mean, are you going to have a Pro V1 2030? How are they going to differentiate that too? I don't know. You know, they'll figure out a way to dress it up and sell it as something sizzly and shiny and new and guys like me will buy it and you know, whatever I did buy stock though. in a lot of Lake recovery companies, like golf ball, Lake recovery companies, like those stocks are up across the board. What's that? Yeah. They don't have actual stock. Okay. If they yeah. had stocks for Ed's Lakeland, Florida based pond recovery golf ball service, by the way, do you, do you think the average person listening right now, who's not a super golf fan, and we appreciate you hanging through this, we're about done, and I'm going to ask the boys a couple of football questions, but do you think the average non-golfer knows how golf balls are taken out of lakes? Oh, no. No. It's, it, but that would be a great story for them to learn about the maniacs who are down in Florida it's, swimming with alligators yes. in a wetsuit taking golf balls Right. selling them for 50 cents for those of you non-golfers it's not like lakes on a golf course or ponds have a neat little net that sits under the water and they just pick it up and all the balls fall to the bottom and they dump it out and it's not like they can just take a giant rake on a pole and drag all the balls out of there because some of them are way out there 10 feet 12 feet deep and they're stuck in the mud so literally a guy in a wetsuit with a scuba tank, is down in the muck, zero visibility, snapping turtles, snakes, and yet alligators, hand by hand, grabbing balls out of the mud, putting them into a bag. And that's what he does for a job. 
Well, it's Sunday. I really don't want to do this today, but it's my job and I get paid. So let's go. And most of them only have like eight fingers. So it's good. <laughs> Called lefty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's up, boys, on football? I know you both uh, are, are sportsmen at heart. You're not just golfers. Buddy, your commanders are a gosh dang dumpster fire, but they're not yours anymore. You jump ship to the Packers like me. No, I came back, Zabe. I came back because Dan- wow! the owner is gone. So I had to come back. And you know what? Okay. I wouldn't. I was certainly no help to the Packers last year <laughs> as in my year of fandom there, um, which, by oh, the way, yeah. You know, from from several visits to Lambeau, I had my reasons for going with the Packers, and I still like the Packers and still root for your Packers. Okay, I am back to the Commanders. All right, uh, we'll see where it goes. And yeah, it's a disaster right now. It's a disaster. Yeah, the, the end of the year can't come soon enough for them to fire everybody, clean house, and start over. No doubt. Well, my two teams, I think, have a combined wins of five. Where I root for the home team, so the Commanders, but I'm a Patriots fan. Because so great, your- great year for me. <laughs> so, Ronus, what do you think about Belichick right now? He's got to go. He's okay. Go. Yeah, but I mean, there's no question he's got to go. Do you think he is, because you're a coach yourself of young golfers, he's, you know, as a coach, do you think he's humiliated by this? Is or- he humiliated? Yeah. Is no, he looks at himself in the mirror and he says, these kids are soft and they can't play in my system. And I don't know if he thinks that it's passed him by. But the fact is that he he doesn't blame himself. He blames the culture of the youth. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Belichick's never wrong. Bill Belichick. Never He's wrong. Terrible GM, that's for sure. The defense is still playing hard. They have held opponents to 10 points or fewer, three straight games, and they're 0-3. That hasn't happened in the, in the league since 1938. I think We're Belichick, the one thing that really they have to say is Belichick is a miserable – uh, talent, uh, if you want to call it, and right. not only in players, in coaches. Oh, because yeah. if you take a look at his tree of coaches who have gone, yeah. but they worked. They worked under him when they had Tom Brady. Yeah, it's Brady. It's Brady. Yeah. It's obvious. He's the greatest player to ever walk the planet. And Dave, do you see him coming here to Washington then after all of that? No, No nobody's coming to Washington. Not until you get a new stadium. Not until you get a new stadium and the stink of Snyder, like a terrible fart after Taco Bell finally clears the room. It's going to be years before that smell wafts away, and you need a stadium. Nobody, no player, no coach of any significance is going to come and look at that dump and say, yes, I'd like to come to work here eight eight times a year. Or or out at Redskin Park, or excuse me, Commander's Field Yard Training Center with the bubble, with the bounce house. <laughs> the only NFL team that's still practicing in a bounce house. So. It's unbelievable. As well as, Abe, how far is Lambeau's practice facility from their stadium? Uh, 38 steps, right? Yeah, so, like, forces. I know I went to Cincinnati one year for a flag football championship. Their practice field's right next to the stadium. We're talking Ashburn and Maryland right now. I mean, that's a joke. That's separated by how many miles and yeah. how many and, and how many teeth gnashing moments trying uh, to navigate. Oh God, it's a nightmare. All right, uh, boys, uh, great talk, and uh, we look forward to reassembling the golf nerds in full with Mister Ghoul for even more golf stuff. We're going to start a new regime for the Capital Golf Gang in 2024. So we'll uh, let everyone know about that when we get our act organized. Otherwise, Merry Christmas, and I'll Merry leave. Merry Christmas, fellas. 
Same to you guys. And, uh, hey, get out and play some golf this weekend. It's going to be warm around here. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Yeah, and buy some stuff at Buddy's Shops. Right. All right. See you, boy. I'll see you.